welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter, at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 55. Let's roll. And rolling right from week two to week three. It, like I said, it's going to move fast. I feel like the waiver wires clear every every week. And, you know, this week was a little bit uh, a little bit quiet on that waiver wire. I don't think there's too much there to, to worry about. But if you were paying attention to the waivers last week, you know, I think me and Trav last on last episode gave you some gifts. Um, you know, Max Williams, you're welcome, amongst other things that me and my guest today will get to. I'll do some victory lapping and, you know, Michael P. Duncan wants me to take some medicine on a few things I said last week. But I'll get to all of that and more with my esteemed guest and one of my best friends, one of my favorite follows, one of my favorite podcasters. Ah, I just love this dude. I know y'all do too because he's been on the show before. I am joined by none other than Felix Sharp. Felix, what's going on, my friend? It's a family affair now. Um, yes, sir. You, Tommy, Nick, you know, you you all are my boys. Yes, sir. Campus to Canton, the Undroppables. You know, we've got a lot of respect for what you all have done to build your brand. And, uh, I mean, you as a as a host and a, as a conversationalist, I have so much respect for um, your your interview style and and your ability to be entertaining and engaging. And I've told you this before. I've told you this several times, and I meant it then, and I mean it now. Um, you are absolutely one of the best out here. So, um, thank you, know, you man. You I call, appreciate when you when you when you ring. I'm like, yep, let's do it. I appreciate that. <clears throat> I really do because you know the only thing I don't respect about Felix is that he actually thinks I'm good at this. I mean, I don't know where the hell he gets that idea, but other than that, he's pretty sharp. <laughs> You know, I'm I, and I'm, I'm I'm here for the second round, so like I know how you do things. For, for for those who don't know, we don't have a show sheet or anything. I haven't talked to Scott about anything that we're going to talk about today, That's and right. so I just know I have I have lined sheets of paper here just so that I can, as we go through, and just write thoughts down in case I need to. I never do that even on my own show, but I I knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I love it. You know, I was going to, I knew you did your show right before this. I was going to send you a show sheet. I was going to do it. I actually do kind of a show sheet because I need to know what the hell I'm thinking and what I'm talking about. So I write my own notes, but uh, I was like, maybe I'll send it to him. I'm like, he ain't going to prepare for nothing. He's got this show right before it. Not that you don't prepare, but that you just wouldn't have the time. So I thought it'd be better if you and I just riff because you and I really, you know, we jive well together. We talk well together. We have a lot of fun uh, talking. I think the first time we ever even talked on the phone, like it was like 30 minutes and we were just going to touch base to introduce each other. So we just couldn't get, you know, off the phone, uh, lots of respect mutually. And I think it's just because we both kind of bring it, you know, once we get on the mic, you know, one of the things I, I, I wanted to do when I started this pod was I just didn't want it to be a boring sedentary pod where it's, Hey, and what did you think of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles? You know, I just didn't want that. I just, every time I'm listening to something, I want someone to keep me going. You know, I'm either, you know, I know there's people working out, driving to work, whatever they're doing, you know, they're doing something where they want to be carried along, not put to sleep. And, you know, some of these, some of these crazy people are, you know, are drinking every time Michael P. Duncan says like 10,000 or more or something like that, you know, but everybody's trying to get pulled through something, you know, whether it's a commute yep. or whatever. So bring a little energy. And that's what I love about you. You definitely bring that. And uh, without further ado, let's get that shit rolling. It's football season. Let's roll. I mean, that's the one thing, too. I say it. I've said it a few times on this pod, but the one thing 
is I love football. I mean, I just absolutely love it. I love watching it, playing it, thinking about it, scheming it, the whole thing. Like I could write a playbook right now, like just a game plan. Let's go. Like I could do any part of football. You tell me what it is. I mean, I can't play anymore because I'm slow, old and out of shape. But if I were in shape and athletic, I could play that shit too. You know what I mean? You're in shape, man. I saw you throwing a football. Shit. I, I still, you know, I still got a little bit of time left where I can throw a little bit, run a little bit, but you know, that time is coming to a close here fast. So yeah. Yeah. Like, I, of course I play quarterback. I have a little bit of an arm. I'll, I'll take a football and like still in my head, I think I got, it. I'll throw it in like my shoulder and elbow hurt. I'm like, what am I thinking? This is ridiculous. You need to sit back down, boy. So I like, I'm yeah, always and, just and like I'm, fooling myself. I'm, I'm dating. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting back in the gym. I'm running my ass off. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to be out here in these streets now. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've, I've definitely been in the gym hitting it hard. Yeah, go get them, Felix. All right. Well, you know, speaking of speaking of hitting it hard, we hit it hard last week. I, I mean, I maybe you listened, maybe you didn't. I know there's a lot going on, but the, the listeners listened, and and we had a lot of great stuff, man. I I gave the people Max Williams, and I feel really good about giving the people Max Williams. Let's start right there in Arizona. You know, that's one of my uh, Michael P. Duncan apologies, you know, on the on the uh, NFC preview. He did something pretty fun. He picked it. And I liked it, actually. He picked the entire NFC West to go uh, 10 and 7, you know, including Arizona, like all four teams, 10 and 7, which actually makes a lot of sense and more sense now. I picked them all to win 11 games except for Arizona to win seven. I figured someone had to fall off and maybe it was going to be that Arizona team. It sure don't look like it, does it? No, it's a it's a. That's a really stacked conference. And you talk about Arizona. I mean, you got to start with Kyler Murray, who was taken number one in the 2019 NFL draft. And that doesn't feel high enough. Like, it feels like number one overall was not high enough for Kyler Murray. He's an absolute. I mean, we're still transitioning from the the post Brady Manning era. And the future is, is, is absolutely bright with obviously Patrick Mahomes, but Kyler Murray, um, you've got uh, uh, the three quarterbacks who are taken in this class and Lamar Jackson. I mean, the NFL is in good hands as far as quarterbacking goes. And, and I mean, if you're in a dynasty league, I got to think that you're taking either Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, number two in super flex, uh, maybe, and maybe even a Kyler Murray. He's an absolute beast. I mean, he's five foot, whatever he is, defensive lineman can't get their hands on him. Uh, he's like mighty mouse back there. I mean, you saw that play versus Tennessee where they just like he's just running around, around, running around back there, and they can't get to him. And he, you know, completes it for a first down. But um, yes, beautiful play. Just love, I mean, just love, just love watching him play. And I'm I'm excited for the future of the NFL, given that we have these people who are going, these quarterbacks who are going to carry the torch for Manny, for for Brady and Manning for years to come. Yeah, I I, uh, I was listening back. I, there was a friend of mine had mentioned uh, a stoner take that he had and I went searching for it and I was listening to the the pod that I did week one last year and I heard myself say that at that time I had Kyler Murray as my QB three in dynasty he is comfortably my QB two in dynasty there is no Josh Allen conversation for me at all not even close Uh, for me he's actually comfortably two you could even talk me into Quarterback one. You could talk me into it. I'm not doing it, but you could talk me into it. I mean, this guy's got ceiling for days. He's young. He's going to play for a long time. And he's a thrower of the football. He's more Russell mm-hmm. Wilson than he is Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, no, he is. And if you just want to throw aesthetics in there as far as, you know, players that you like to see play and that are exciting to play, then, yeah, he's absolutely number two over Josh Allen just because he has a beautiful game. But, yeah, uh, you know, we could use superlatives and hyperbole for for Kyler Murray all day. Um, he's he's just so good. And he only played one year, that one year at Oklahoma before he made the jump to to the NFL. Well, I'm going to give you some superlatives but more hyperbole <laughs> because we're going to talk about Max Williams. And, you know, when we talk about hyperbole, that might be his middle name. I haven't checked the the the, the official, uh, you know, docket, but it might be. But, you know, Max Williams played 55 snaps in week one. He didn't get anything. I come out and I said, listen, any player playing 55 snaps that isn't a tackle, you might want to consider, you know, putting them on your dynasty roster and he paid dividends as soon as we did that. So if if y'all went out and grabbed Max Williams for free, I saw him going for all kinds of money in a lot of dynasty leagues this this last week, you know? So um, that's the type of deep stashes you're looking for. We looked at Farrell Brown earlier. I think Max Williams might turn into a little bit of a pumpkin as they don't target the tight end too much. Uh, his first catch was sort of intended for somebody else, his big catch, and it like got deflected off seven players and into his hands, and he ran for like 40 yards or something. But he was also he was targeted like seven or eight times total in the game, so I felt really good about that. That's a team that's going to have high volume. But the guy that we really delivered yet, uh, last week and we saw coming to an elite status, and I started talking about him in terms of how high would you have him in dynasty at your wide receiver position is Rondell Moore. Rondale Moore, if we reverse back and we start thinking about everything that Rondale Moore was after his freshman year, he was the clear 1.01 in his class. And then he hurts himself. He hurts himself. He comes out as a junior COVID shortened season. He was hurt. We didn't get to see him. Recency bias sets in. He's small. He, he slipped in the draft a little bit. We don't know. Next thing you know, he's a second round pick in rookie drafts. And that was a mistake. We should have been pushing him up. And, and I made a mistake in some ways, uh, but I'm not making that mistake anymore. I'm aggressively trying to target Rondale Moore in trade in Dynasty. You know, last week, uh, you know, didn't necessarily find too many takers because, of course, he was hotness. And he's more hotness now, and he's going to be impossible to touch. You're going to have to pay way up. But I think it may be worth it. This kid is the real deal. I don't know, Felix, if you saw the play just before half. I don't know if you watched that oh, yeah. whole game. Yeah, the play just before half where it was like, 30 seconds or something like that. And it was a little swing pass. And he made the whole stadium miss. Like he just was, a, I mean, he was a pogo stick. He just boom, boom, boom. I mean, it was just an amazing play, right? To get him into to field goal range. It was unbelievable. So, I mean, this kid is legit. Then he, then he houses a big, long play. Uh, what more can you say? Yeah, I mean, Rondell Moore, who is from across the – I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. He went to Trinity High School about 10 minutes down the street from me. He's from across the river in Indiana and went to went to Trinity. His season at Purdue, his freshman season – that freshman season at Purdue, you look at the last 20 years or so, and you can only put Mike Williams of USC's uh, season up there with, with Rondell Moore. And that's why very late, very late in the process, Rondell Moore was still – my number one wide receiver over um, uh, Jamar, Jamar Chase. Yeah, over Jamar Chase, especially after the combine that he had. But, you know, he's always 5'7", he's too small, whatever. But we saw the NFL actually prioritize these smaller wide receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, Rondell, he's a half running back, half wide receiver. He's been doing this for the last 
eight years or so. Uh, I never had a problem with his injury history at Purdue. It, it was the only reason why I moved him down is his was his projected <laughs> draft capital based on his size. Right. Right. And Rondell Moore is absolutely going to open the door for other wide receivers, his size and his comparable athletic ability uh, in the future because, I mean, you've seen how, how he's played in the first three, uh, two weeks of the season. He's also, But he's also a bit rugged, too. I mean, he famously – you know, yeah, squatted over six fifty or whatever it was, and like you know, he's not just—he's not small. He's just short, you know. And but here's the other thing too: he's attached to the aforementioned Kyler Murray indefinitely. I mean, for as long as we can foresee that that they're going to be together. Kyler Murray extends plays, and when the play is extended, I mentioned this on the pod in the offseason. What Rondell Moore is then going to get is these sort of leakouts where he you know runs a little shallow route, but then the play breaks down and he. He leaks out, and then, boy, oh boy, is that trouble because he's faster than you are, you know, whoever you are on the defensive side of the ball. He's and he's gone, and he did that in game two. So he hasn't played a full snap share. He hasn't got, you know, everything. But do you know who leads the Arizona Cardinals in targets so far this year? Is it AJ Green? It is Rondale Moore at 13 targets, over 12 targets for DeAndre Hopkins and 12 for A.J. Green. So right now, Rondale Moore is – and look, he's caught 11 of 13 for 182 and a touch. Um, It's working, folks. It's working. So he is the man. Just, you know, book it. Well, he's not only attached to Kyler Murray, he's also attached to Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, you know, a Mike Leach quarterback at Texas – Texas Tech, and he's brought that air raid system to the NFL. Um, they're all, they're going to continue to, sp- and then not only that, but but uh, Kyler Murray was a, a spread quarterback at Oklahoma. That team is going to continue to get wide receivers. Are going to continue to to spread the ball around, and it's just a great offense to be attached to. And what is is Rondell Moore even twenty? Is he twenty one or is he twenty? Like he's he's super he's super young. He's going to be in the NFL for the next ten years. Um, yeah, I've got him stashed in a lot of places, and I'm glad I do. I'm glad I do. You could get him in the second round of rookie drafts. You can get him yeah, that, in the second round of, of dynasty rookies. It was stealing. He's twenty. He he just turned twenty one, so he's just over twenty one. I mean, it's just awesome. You know, it's just turned awesome, twenty one so. in June. Yeah, look at just look turned twenty. Look at Michael Michael P. Duncan is is a that's that's producing right there. That's isn't producing. that something? Isn't that something yeah. in the green room? Just fucking hit hit just it hard. Producing. I mean. You understand that's where I get all my takes from, right? Michael P. Duncan types them. I read them. You know I'm just a reader, right? That's it. No, we, I need, you <laughs> everybody know, we, knows we I can, can't read. We need we need somebody like Michael uh, at, at, at campus who can. But. Don't you dare. Don't you dare <laughs> offer him twice the salary I'm paying him. Don't you dare. Um, yeah, Michael P. Duncan uh, making the podcast yet again. Uh, Michael P. Duncan. And Ashley Marie actually did a, a show, and I'm going to shout it out right here. Y'all got to check it out. It's called The Undroppables Playbook. And uh, they had Steve Weiss from the NFL Network on, you know, basically their, you know, I think it's their first or second show. I mean, their, their first guest, you know? So absolutely awesome. Uh, Ashley Marie obviously carries the, the tandem. Michael P. Duncan, lucky to be riding shotgun with her. And uh, no, I'm, I'm teasing. Michael's fantastic. But no, they had a great show. Go check it out on uh, on our YouTube page and everywhere else, you know, podcasts and all the rest of it. Uh, the Undroppables Playbook with Ashley Marie and Michael P. Duncan and Steve Weiss this week. Very, very cool. But getting back to it, man, it's like, um, uh, you know, I think this Arizona team is is that dope. And then, and then it's funny, man. I got to ask you this question. I look, I see, oh, they're playing in Jacksonville. 
And I always kind of look at the matchup and then I try and guess the line. Then I look at what the, the betting line is. Do you know what the betting line is on, on the game? Arizona playing Jacksonville? In Jacksonville. Uh, well, I mean, let's see. I guess they would give they would give Jacksonville three points for being at home. Um, is it, what, four points? That's pretty low. I thought it was going to be closer to ten. It's only seven and a half. I mean, okay. I feel like Arizona could kick the absolute ever-living shit out of that team. Um, but maybe I'm crazy. But um, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're, they're seven and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, I thought it might have been a little bit more, uh, but I, I certainly am dying to tease Arizona uh, <laughs> because I think they're going to come away with a win there and be three and oh. And uh, Michael P. Duncan. That's a is, tough division. That's a tough oh, division. Man, shit. I, I want to see all three of those teams. Well, at least uh, all four. LA. What if all yeah. four could make it? What if they get all yeah. three wild cards? It's possible. Yeah. 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 One wins the division, division, then there's three wild cards. I mean, they could have the three next. But Michael P. Duncan might have nailed it preseason, calling them all with 10 wins. I mean, they could be all 10, 11 win teams and just steamroll the division. I mean, steamroll the I conference. Mean, I, I think if you don't consider uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's going to be the front runner. I, to me, it's Matthew Stafford is going to be right there for the MVP race at the end of the season. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's a that's the so there. Well, let's go right there because the other person that could be the MVP is Mr. Tom Brady, who uh, is uh, right. So, and they play this week: Tom Brady versus Matt Stafford. Um, and uh, I mean, that's that's an MVP battle right there. That's like the ultimate fantasy goodness: Tom Brady and his weapons versus Matt Stafford and his weapons. I mean, what's the final score there? Forty to forty. I mean, that's gonna be fun as hell. I mean, it's going to be fun. Matthew Stafford finally gets a, a a team and an organization around him that's competent, and he gets Sean McVay. Um, by the way, the Rams were absolutely right to pull the trigger and get Matthew Stafford and, and, and trade golf. Um, I didn't realize that that game was this weekend. That's that has to be like the Sunday night game. That has to be the Sunday night Sunday <laughs> the Sunday night game. I hope it is because uh, I definitely want to be able to sit down and relax and watch that one. Uh, it's going to be a it's lot. A four, it's, it's, be a a lot 420, it's a four twenty. It's a four twenty five Eastern game, uh, one twenty five West, and uh, Tampa Bay's in L.A. So it's going to be at that beautiful new stadium in, in Los Angeles, and uh, the bright lights for Tom Brady, and in you know it's going to be fantastic. I mean, that's the game of the week for sure. You know, I, play everybody I mean, in that game. Play everybody. Play everybody. Every, start everybody in that game, except for A. B. Who might be? I guess he's on the COVID list. But start everybody else in that game. Least surprising uh, bit of news is that Ant- Antonio Brown is on the COVID list. I mean, at least that's it. You know what I mean? Like, at least it's not something else. Like he, you know, did something else that was stupid. At least it's just COVID <laughs> right. with, uh, with Antonio Brown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the like the best possible case scenario. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited. I mean, my Patriots uh, will play the Saints, but the Patriots and the uh, and the and the Bucks play next week which is also going to be the prime time juiciness. So Tom Brady just playing two straight weeks of awesome uh, television football for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I heard J.J. Zacharyson uh, on his uh, weekly show, and he does a great show. I love J.J. I do listen to J.J. almost every single week. And he had mentioned selling Tom Brady, and he was talking kind of to the masses. I think he's talking more redraft. Um, I don't know, maybe even dynasty. I thought about his his words in, in a, from a dynasty lens but I, I get it. You know, he, he's talking about how Tom Brady is, you know, thrown nine touchdown passes in the first two weeks, which is some un, 
you know, unsustainable uh, pace, even for Tom Brady. And he's still not the QB one. He's still behind, you know, Kyler Murray. Um, and he's only a, a, a bit ahead of other, you know, quarterbacks like Daniel Jones and whatnot, who haven't done shit just because of the legs. Right. You know, so, you know, the rushing quarterbacks do possess a little bit more, you know, uh, fantasy value. Uh, what are your thoughts about Tom Brady in terms of fantasy going forward? I mean, I know, you know, I've got him in, uh, in my, uh, in my invitational league and he's been serving me well so far. Well, I mean, there's, I, I tweeted something about the, the, the fantasy football community placing too much emphasis on rushing and it, I mean, it created a stir so much so that I had to actually mute that, that particular thread. But you said he's, you know, he's, he's got nine touchdowns and he's not at the QB one. He's behind uh, Kyler Murray. Do we need a quarterback to be the QB one QB two to have success at that position when all of these leagues are super flex leagues? And so, I mean, to me, Tom Brady is just, fine in the role that he's going to play for you. If you compare and if you consider his value at least two years ago, like yeah. you could have got him as what the QB the QB 24 before he before he yeah. went to to Tampa Bay and could have rode that roller coaster. I still like Tom Brady, but I don't like I'm not emphasizing uh quarterback is so deep. So you've got some guys who can run. You've got the Kirk Cousinses who are going to get you some of those boom weeks where they throw t- three touchdown passes and they have quarterback one weeks. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't you can't have Kyler Murray uh, uh, and Lamar Jackson. Everybody can't have those guys. So I, I still think that there are, are value for players like Tom Brady for, you know, I don't know to what extent we're going to talk about college football but that's why i'm very high on a a guy like carson strong who doesn't run at all but it but but can throw the ball everywhere on the field that you want to throw it he doesn't so anyway no i still like tom brady but i'm considering what his value was when you can got could have got him at his lowest point which for some of my leagues i absolutely did i absolutely did so um no i mean you're in a super flex league if tom brady is your qb2 you're probably sitting pretty well, let's go there because if we're talking about super flex leagues and we're talking about, uh, you know, having you on the pod, I want to get the best of you. And the best of you is when you're talking a little bit of college football. And honestly, this is this is probably in the last three or four or five years, this is probably the least I know about the incoming class. And maybe it was the COVID shortened season that I didn't get to see these guys last year and you know, and, and I usually don't pay too much attention this early. And I, I don't know, man, whatever the hell it is, I'm just not that up to speed on on the on the on the class coming in for 2022. I mean, I understand the two big names at the top of the at the top of the list for this year um, in terms of Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell. Let's just start there with quarterbacks. Those two players, what have they shown you so far? this year and are they still comfortably one and two for you uh, at the quarterback position for 2022 or is there someone else or, or others we haven't seen all right so let's start with spencer rattler we haven't seen the development in through three weeks of college football that we thought that we would see from him i mean spencer rattler was the number one quarterback in his class five-star prospect he went he goes to lincoln riley in oklahoma um he started off slowly last year and then picked it up as the season went on 
And we thought that we would kind of see a continuation of that this year. We haven't seen it. I mean, he's thrown interceptions. He's thrown interceptable passes. They haven't been as explosive of an offense as we thought they would be. They played Nebraska this past week. I think the spread on that game was at least 15 points. They won by like seven. Um, So the interesting thing about Rattler is I don't know that he's played like a top 15 quarterback at this point in the season. But there's a premium at, at that position. You you have to think that he's still going to be drafted highly. Sam Howell has played well, and Sam Howell all of a sudden is running the ball. Is yeah, running the that. is running the is running the football. Like that's not a dynamic of his game that we had not seen uh uh in two previous seasons. So it's I I coming into the season, you assumed that Spencer Rattler was going to be the Texans quarterback. You assume right. that he was going to be he was going to be the Texans quarterback. I don't think we know who the number one quarterback is going to be. It could That's be Matt Corral right now too. It could be Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. It could be Spencer Rattler. It could be Sam Howell. It could even be a Carson Strong. A Carson Strong so, out of Nevada. I still I still so think b- that he's in the run. Before we get to Carson Strong, I just want to stay with Spencer Rattler because I'm going to give yeah. you the 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 dummy guy because I don't watch the co- college football as much. I'm not as into it, but just sitting back watching this happen. So a lot of people will compare Spencer Rattler and don't cut me off because I already know this isn't right to a guy like Kyler Murray, and he's not Kyler Murray, right? He's just not because he doesn't have that athleticism. So if he's not Kyler Murray, my fear is he's very like small, like he's. You know, he's Mm -hmm. slight. His body scares me for the NFL. I mean, he's smaller by quite a bit than even a guy like, you know, um, uh, Zach Wilson, you know, who is a little bit thin framed for, you know, for the for the pro position. But this guy's really small and he's supposed to be all pocket. If he's not actually, you know, he's got to he's got to kind of dominate Oklahoma in order for me to feel really good about his pro prospects and. You know, maybe he'll do that and turn the corner here, but he hasn't yet. So are do you have those sort of same concerns or or what are the concerns that you see from this kid that 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 sort of hold you back? I mean, are we looking at bust potential with this kid? That is a good question, and I don't know that we know the answer to it yet. Um because of you know, the offense really opened up uh last season later later in the season after they kind of faltered early in the early in the season. And I thought that week three against Nebraska was going to be that game where we saw um, Spencer Rattler kind of go off. But I think if I remember correctly, he threw for like 200 yards, you know, not throwing the ball downfield despite all the weapons that they have. Your question is, is are we looking at bunch bust potential with Spencer Rattler? Yeah, um, a- absolutely. I mean, this, this quarterback class has nothing it, is um, nothing in comparison to last year's class, right? The twenty the twenty twenty one class, right? And as as far as athleticism goes, no, he's not Kyler Murray. He is absolutely he's way more Baker Mayfield than he is right. th- than he is Kyler Murray. And you know he still makes those bonehead plays. So he's not he, you know as far as your dynasty leagues go, he's not going to be someone who gets you the rushing yards i just don't he's just not that type of athlete he's not even zach wilson as an athlete in my opinion right so um that's kind of scary is my point you know it is I, I, it is it is the, the, i mean but he could potentially could he potentially 
um, go later in the middle of the like. Let's say he's not the number one pick, but he goes Bingo. later. He goes to like Washington and he lands in a good situation with Terry McLaurin and and uh, Antonio Gibson in the backfield and Dime Brown. That might be his saving his saving grace, but he's not playing like a player who's going to carry a franchise right now. Right, and I mean all that to say that I mean he's he's been good. You know, I mean he's been. He's been good. He's played three games, you know, I mean, but really 760 yards in three games is what he's put up. 7.7 yards per attempt, you know, not good enough. I mean, seven touchdowns, two picks. I mean, it it hasn't been terrible, but it just hasn't been elite. And like I said, I mean, with a kid like this, I really want to see like dynamism for him to be the 1.01 in the NFL draft being 6'1", you know, 199 pounds if he's lucky. You know, probably not. He's probably going to be six foot, like 195 or something. I mean, he's small. And at that size, you know, you want to see a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray because you want to be able to see that escapism and that rushing upside and that sort of crafty, you know, sort of take 10 yards with your legs when you've got them. If he can't really do that, that's a little bit of a of a problem in the NFL where, you know, I mean, is he Drew Brees or something? You know what I mean? It's like, probably not. You know, I don't know. But even Drew Brees, like you say, was drafted later. So I think the NFL could sour on him if he doesn't, you know, have a have a strong finish. So I'm with you. Um, in terms of Sam Howell, I mean, Sam Howell looks like every uh, everybody's favorite uh, high school buddy who grew a beard before it was cool. Um, Sam Howell... Um, you know, was was playing uh, was playing better than than Spencer Rattler as he kind of moved into the NFL's 1.01, or is it somebody else? I I I think if you ha- if the draft were today, I think that it would probably yeah. be Sam Howe um, who was taking yeah. 101 because he's kind of shown some more athleticism. I mean, he was already a gunslinger, an aggressive downfield uh, passer instead of instead of Dime Brown and. Um, and Daz Newsom now he's throwing the ball to to, to Josh Downs. So um uh yeah, I mean if if the draft were held today, I think it would be Sam Howell. But again, if 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 Sam Howell was in last year's class, he might be the he might be be taken before Mac Jones. But I still think he would be the fourth quarterback in that class. But as far as comfort yeah. level, I I do feel a little bit more comfortable with with Sam Howell. In a in a weaker class, in a weaker is class. It, I mean, I don't I don't want any of these twenty twenty two draft picks to be honest with you. But right? if, we're, if we're splitting here hairs between Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell right now, I would have to take uh, Sam Howell. Well, so there there's there it is. I mean, there it is, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I just don't want anybody in my league to hear this. But shouldn't we be maybe selling these twenty two picks for twenty three picks? I mean, I I you know I hate saying that because every single time we say that there's there's usually good players in there but sometimes we're just right it's kind of like the the Josh Jacobs class it was just it's kind of just a barren class i mean there wasn't a ton in there yeah Josh Jacobs Miles Sanders uh was that the Nikhil Harry class too i, I don't don't remind that. me like that don't so, do that um yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And I mean, the A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf was obviously where, you know, where the value was, Terry McLaurin. But, you know, I mean, my point is at the top, you know, it just wasn't that mm-hmm. much there, you know, to to hold on to. And, and you're right. I mean, it's just it's very interesting to see, you know, how that stuff uh, sometimes plays out where, you know, you sort of circle a class as weak and then all of a sudden it is. Right. So yeah. maybe it is. But but I think Sam Howell, I mean, if there's one thing, you know, peripherally that I see, it's like, he, you know, he he performed really well last year. Everybody's like, 
well, he's going to lose, you know, all these players. Let's see how he does without, you know, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, uh, Daz, and and Diami. Well, he's kind of been dope, you know. And as you point out, he's showing that Konami code. You know, he's got 251 yards rushing in three games. You know, I'm not watching mm-hmm. these games. I'm going to go back and, you know, and do that in the offseason for the most part. But I'm not watching North Carolina who, versus whoever the hell they're playing. But, you know, he, I don't give a shit who he's doing it against and how he's doing it. He's doing it. So that's huge. Um, you know, that rushing upside unlocks a lot in fantasy. And quite frankly, it does unlock a lot in, in the real NFL. That escapism, that ability to to create first downs with your legs is huge. Yeah, and as far as numbers go, I'm not a numbers guy at all, but there is one number for quarterbacks that tells me they're the type of quarterbacks that I want is that that's that yards per attempt. I want it to be like at yep. 10. You mentioned Spencer Rattlers was 7.7. I want to see it at 10 because I want to know that that player is, you know, fantasy points are scored in the end zone. So I need to be throwing the ball downfield and that that yes. 10 number as a threshold is just a marker I use. And you look at Sam Howe. His um, yards per attempt last season was 10.3, and then this year it's 10.6. So he is throwing the ball downfield with a with a new supporting cast there uh, at UNC. So um, even from a numbers perspective, he is looking like the better prospect uh, between between the two at the top of the class that we believe in in Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler. Well, here's the question then. There's a bunch of other guys, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know that Mark Mathick has a favorite. Uh, I won't reveal to you until uh, until we get there, but if you had to pick, now it sounds like it's Carson Strong, but if you had to pick who's your number three or who could potentially vault into one or two, who's that next guy that you've got right there that you're saying, maybe I should move him up, or he's comfortably at three? Who's that guy? So Car- I would I-, I wouldn't Carson Strong is my favorite because it's a player that I've been kind of rooting for and touting on the Debbie debate since before last season when he kind of blew up. Um, he's a player that I've been paying attention to. I think he'll be in the running, but we have to also throw Matt Corral out of Old Miss there. Um, Matt Corral is just a, a a fun player. I want to bring up his statistics. Um, but he's throwing the ball all all over the place, and yeah, his yards per attempt last season ten point two. This year, through three games, is ten point four. So he's, he's even approved there. The problem with him was, you know, whether or not he's going to have. He had two games last year where he threw eleven interceptions, and against Arkansas, I think he threw five, and he should have thrown like eight. Like they were, there were interceptions dropped in that game, and so he has a little bit of um, that Jameis Winston vibe to him uh you know old Jameis Winston Tampa Bay Buccaneers Jameis Winston but man he can throw the ball from all different arm angles and what have you and just because the quarterback class is weak doesn't mean that 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 position isn't going to be propped up uh uh in the NFL draft the way the way we see every year we see players who don't really really have any business going in the first round going in the first round I'm not saying that Matt Corral doesn't belong in the first round. I think that he does. But he and Carson Strong are my two favorites because they might fall to pick 10, 15, somewhere in there, and they might have better situations. And you could see them have uh, uh, better fantasy value, better dynasty value than the players taken at number one and number two in this class, the number one and number two quarterbacks taken in this draft. Is JT Daniels nobody? I don't. I mean, you said you want your quarterbacks to run the ball, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, JT Daniels is a lumbering, you know, I 
I don't know that he's necessarily dynamic in any respect. That's just in my opinion. I think he's a very good college quarterback. Right. But um, I, I don't, I don't think JT Daniels is a day one quarterback. I, I'm not really sure that he's a day two quarterback. Um, so he, he's not a player that I'm gravitating towards. Can I give you a, a dark horse name? We just, I just went on a rant about this guy. Uh, can I WWE guess early. if it's, can I just say if it's, is it Desmond Ritter or somebody else? It's not Desmond Ritter. Okay. It's not Desmond it. Ritter. It's Jake Hayner out by you. Jake Hayner for Fresno State. Now, um, he just pulled off the upset against UCLA. He almost pulled off the upset against number three, um, Oregon. And it, as a matter of fact, if Jake Hayner was playing for Oregon in that game instead of Anthony Brown, that game would have been a blowout. I'm not telling you that Jake Hayner is going to be a first round draft pick. I'm not even really telling you that he's going to be a second round draft pick. <laughs> right. I'm saying I'm telling you that that Jake I I like the command that Jake he's only been a, tar- a starter for 2 years. He was at Washington, he transferred to Fresno State. He was a starter last year for Fresno State, he, but he split time and this season he's I mean he's he's a fifth year player. I see you frowning up your face there, Mr. Jax yeah. Falcone. You don't yep. like him because of the analytics and all that stuff, yep. but but I but I I love me some Jay Kane. I love the command that he has of it. There was a play. There was a play um, in that UCLA game where the wide receiver caught a pass, and it looks as if he fumbled the ball. And um, uh, but the but the referees said that he that he didn't fumble. That he was down by contact. They got to the line of scrimmage in three seconds to prevent the official review. You don't see that in college football. I'm just giving you one example of like the right. intangibles that Jake Hayner has, that he's he's that type of player. So no, he's not gonna look good on your little spreadsheets. On nobody's spreadsheets, he's not gonna he's not gonna look good. But I'm telling you that this is a this is I think that this is a third or fourth round uh draft pick that I'm probably going to have rostered on all of my teams. I think he's this class as Russell Wilson. I think he's this class as uh, Dak Prescott. He's the player that I'm going to have rostered on Dynasty teams. That's a, that's, I'm giving you a dark horse name so you can frown your face up and say, oh, he's a fifth-year player. He's 24 years old. Yep, I know all of that. I know all of that. But I still love me some Jake Hayner. And the, 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 I, would sh- I, would, I would tout his completion percentage just tell you that this guy is, I mean, his completion percentage is in the 72 range, somewhere around there. He's always making um, the right decision, and, he, and he's a player that could find himself, could find himself starting uh, at the next level because I think that he has that skill set. So, okay. So here's the way I see it, right? So you're so damn smart about college college football, and I'll give you that. But, but here's what I always look at, like – you know, we even have these five uh, quarterbacks in this in this draft, you know, and we're sitting here looking at it going, there's probably only three or four, right? Like even when we see five, you know, same thing with the five, um, you know, Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Lamar, that five, there was mm-hmm. only three, maybe four, I guess now, I, you know, what, right? There's, there's never that many. There's usually only two or three per year. That's just how it is. That's just mm-hmm. how it's going to be. It's not going to ever be different. There's never going to be six a year because there's not that many spots open. There's It's a musical chairs game. So these guys are going to miss on the margins. You know, Josh Rosen is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the world. He's a top 500 quarterback in the history of the planet, but he ain't top 
hundred or top thirty. You know, it just there there's just this sliver of like you ain't gonna make it. And and, yeah. and that's why I look at the analytics because some of these things are going to eliminate these players. And what I hear you saying is there's probably not one or two. There might not be one or two. It might be just a class that doesn't have a quarterback worth anything. It might be Sam Howell, might be this guy, might maybe there's two or three, but I wouldn't be banking on a deep quarterback class. And uh let me ask you this question. Why not Desmond Ritter? I, I've never I don't have I don't have the perfect answer for that. Matt, my co-host on Debbie Debate, Matt Bruning, um, is a big Desmond Ritter fan. And I've watched Desmond Ritter to to you know argue with Matt. It's just that you know when I'm when I'm watching a, a quarterback to kind of evaluate what they are. Um, I want to see NFL throws. I want to see opposite hash throws. I want to see um, yep. uh, down the seam uh, in the middle. I want to see them being aggressive, getting the ball downfield. Um, and for a, a player as physically gifted as Desmond Ritter is, I mean, Desmond Ritter is six foot four, 220 pounds or so. He yep. has the idea NFL frame. Yep. But. I just don't know if there's any there there, and I can't really right. put my finger on what what that is. I just don't I just don't see it when I watch when I watch him. And I wish I could give you more specifics. I haven't watched Desmond Ritter recently. He's got a big game coming up with Notre Dame here next. I think that's next. I think that game is next week. Uh, so everybody everybody in the country is going to be watching him. But um, yeah, I just. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, no, I feel maybe that, he's actually. developed. He's he's developed, but I just I don't know that there's any there there with with Desmond with Desmond Ritter. Yeah, he's more of a two way player where he is. He's got great escapability. He's a gamer too. Like he's tough as nails, and I think that's something where that translates. And that's why when when guys watch him on film, it's like, oh, this is the dude. Like first of all, he looks cool. Like he, I forget what number is mm-hmm. he. Does he wear a cool number like two or some shit? And like I, he goes I don't out. Remember, yeah. I don't remember either, but I think whenever I've like seen him, I'm like, damn, that guy's cool. Like, I don't know. He's got like, got like black armbands on his elbows and shit. Just looks cool out there. Like, you know, he's the Nine. Madden player. You just, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He looks cool out there. He got the, probably a face shield. I don't even know. The dude looks dope out there, but, and he, and he runs a lot. Like he's had like 500 mm-hmm. yards rushing like every year, but that YPA, that yards per attempt did not look good. So look, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump to a better position because you're starting to bum me out with this class. Okay, so maybe right. I should just stop watching all these guys because it sounds like a bunch of shit bags that I'm going to be trying to ignore. I'm going to have to trade all my 22 picks unless you start making me feel better. Let's go to running backs. Tell me there's a running back here I can get excited about in 2022. Tell me who's your RB1? RB1 in the 2022 class. I thought you were going to ask me who's the running back to get excited about in the 2022 class. And I was just going to sit here silently. Um, mm. because uh, I, uh, there you go. Listen, That's a better answer. Listen, I was just going to sit here and be very quiet. The, the RB one, Brees Hall hasn't had the season that he had last year. And my colleague, Chris Moxley tells me that that's because of Iowa state's offensive line is mm. bad. Um, Isaiah Spiller has had a good season, and he's had a little, a little bit more receiving to his game. He's been a, a little bit of a better pass catcher. Each each year, actually, uh, Isaiah Spiller has gotten better at catching the ball. He's one of those footwork king guys. He works with the, with the footwork king. And so uh, Isaiah Spiller 
has the ideal deal size. I think he's six foot, 225 pounds. He has the, you know, the BMI. Um, he's been a very good producer since his true freshman season. And he's adding, you know, pass catching ability. I don't know that he's dynamic in the passing game, but your question was, who is the RB1? My unexciting, not enthusiastic at all RB1 is, is, uh, is Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, so it's Brees Hall, who's been somewhat unimpressive this year. Um, And then it's Isaiah Spiller, who's big and and seems like he's got a little bit of pop. What about Eric Gray? Uh, I've been I've seen a peek a little bit at this little guy here, Eric Gray. And sometimes I like what I see. But I don't know. I'm 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 not I'm not a uh, I don't know enough. Tell me I'm crazy about thinking anything about this guy. Scott, Eric Gray being in Oklahoma was one of the reasons why we thought that team was going to be so explosive uh this year. Because Lincoln Riley hasn't had a running back like Eric Gray who caught 30 passes last season for uh for Tennessee, a, t- a team that was absolutely not dynamic. He's been fine. Like Eric Gray has been okay. I think he's had 70 yards rushing the last uh, two games, splitting uh, carries there with Kennedy Brooks. You're gonna like him because he is a pass catcher and he has that 30 that 30 uh, catch yeah. season on his resume. But is he a player? Like I think his comp is Deion Lewis. Yeah, okay. I think, I, I think that's that's his comp. And yep. so that is to me in that that type of player is kind of system dependent. They have to be in the they have to be in Kansas City. They got to be in uh, in uh, L.A. They got to be maybe in Seattle, an offense like that. But if he if he lands in if he lands in Detroit or Miami or you know I don't know that you're going to necessarily be that excited about a player whose role is probably going to be capped as a third down um, pass catching guy. But that's how I feel about him right now. I actually just did, redid my rankings, and I moved Eric Gray like way down. I had Eric Gray yeah. like number number seven, and I moved him down because there are just players like Brandon Thomas out of Memphis who are just playing better, just more explosive. Freshman running back who's not eligible until uh, 2023. That 2023 class is great, by the way. Um, yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, you know, Eric Gray is is fine. Am I going to spend the number four overall pick in next year's dynasty rookie draft on Eric Gray? Um, you better yeah. believe him when he's trying to trade down and get a twenty twenty three pick. So yeah, <laughs> the way I've kind of looked at this twenty twenty two class is it's a wide receiver class because yeah. I, I, here we are we're 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 scraping for now. There's probably going to be somebody like an Elijah Mitchell, Aaron Jones type of player that we find that maybe you already know about that you're going to tell me about, but. Uh, but but I'll find late in the process where I start to do my digging, where I start to use the analytics to to drum him up, to to you know bring him up from the depths, and then I'll ask you about him in the offseason. You'll be like, "Yeah, this dude actually is good," and you're like, can "Oh, I, you think he's I good? I you- thought he was good too." And then we'll both get excited, and that'll be the guy. But uh, outside of that, there's no Dobbins, Acres, you know, none of that shits here. No, none of them. No, not an elite prospect, but. I, you know, your second round draft picks could be just as valuable as your first round draft picks in this particular class because right. there are some names that I that I really really like, and at, at, I'm a I like size at running back. So let me give you me too. let me just give you three. Let's Rashad do it. White, Rashad White out of Arizona State. 
He is a transfer. He is a JUCO transfer. So if you're an ageist and you want your running back to be 21 coming into the NFL, that's not him. But he is a pass catcher, and he's very efficient. He splits time with another running back, Diamante Tranium, another member of that 2023 class. Um, so they they split time they split time there at, at Arizona State. I love me some Rashad White because he can catch the ball. He's big. He's ex- he's a good athlete for his size. I think Rashad White is six two. Yeah, 225, 220 plus plus pounds. Rashad White. The other one is um, uh, Tyler Algier out of out of Boise State. Last season, Zach Wilson for Boise State. I think he made money for three players: himself, Tyler Algier, and Isaac Rex, the tight end there. Tyler Algier, another. 220-pound back, former linebacker who's very physical. He's got good burst and good speed for his size. He doesn't catch the ball as much, but I don't know that he can't. I just don't know. I don't know that he he can't catch the ball. I just don't think they use him that way um, at BYU. Another 225-pound player. And it, you know, might get day two draft capital in a in a in a weaker draft class. Might be a third, third, third round pick. And then the last one is a guy who was number one in his class who just suffered from injuries, and that's Zamir White yeah, out of Georgia. Zamir White so Z- out of Georgia. <clears throat> Zamir White, um, you know, I think he was, you know, maybe even going to come out. Uh, wait, he couldn't have come out. He, he he did get injured, but he wasn't in this last class. He couldn't have come out. No, no, um, no. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused. But he kind of has been pedestrian in terms of his output, uh, I know that that's you know not everything at Georgia. Who's he? Who's he splitting carries with that has kept him sort of, you know, behind it? There have been two things that have kept Jameer White, you know, from producing. One is the injuries. Two is just Georgia has all, even since DeAndre Swift and Sonny Michelle and Nick, all those guys and Todd Gurley, they always used a committee, but they split carries with Kendall Milton, who's again a, yet another 2023 back that everyone's excited about. Um, James Cook, Dalvin Cook's little brother, Zamira White, and then there's another guy, uh, uh, Dejon Edwards, who is a kind of a fourth back in that role. Zamira White has been injured, and it wasn't until it wasn't until like the second to last game last season where we said, "Oh, that's why he was the number one back in his class. That's why he was the number one back in his class." And even you mentioned Desmond Ritter; they played Cincinnati in their bowl game uh, last year, and you just saw. You, there's this one run where Zamir White like stiff arms a dude, jukes another dude in the backfield, runs over a guy like all in the one. It's a nine yard run, but you see every move in a running back's arsenal on that run, and you're like, oh, this is this is different. Um, and so, you, I'm not again like a, a lot. I'm not telling you that Zamir White is going to be the second coming. I'm not telling you that he's right. going to be drafted in the second round. I think in this draft class, you have to be. If you're going to have picks in this class, if you're going to have rookie picks in this class, you're, you're going to have to be fine to me taking guys who were drafted in the third and fourth round because I don't know that there are running backs in this class that are going to command second round draft capital. Maybe, maybe Isaiah Spiller, maybe, maybe Isaiah Spiller, maybe Brees Hall, maybe. So that I'll give you those three names. I love it. I love the feedback. But what I'm hearing, man is that I think this class is starting to be worse than I even thought it was in a lot of ways. And I'm looking to trade my 2022s, you know, maybe not even for 2023 picks, but maybe for players. Maybe this is a, 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 a oh, class yeah. where, you know, you look at if you've got two or three picks in this class, you you leverage them for a current player and use them to get you a guy. 
Um, and that's probably the way to go. And, and, uh, you know, I love this. This is a great exercise for me because sometimes I, I start to do this early in the season where I start to say, who should I be keeping my eye on? You know, and, and this is when you see, you know, obviously, you know, guys like Dobbins and stuff, you're like, oh my God, you watch him play. You're like, oh my God. I can remember back, you know, watching CD Lamb being like, oh, this guy's definitely dope. You know, and just knowing who to look for. And, 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 you know, you and I even talked about Elijah Mitchell and you go mm-hmm. back and look and he's just explosive and it all makes sense. So I don't hear that. I just don't hear it. I just don't hear the, the, the opportunity for, for the big names at the top. And that's going to, that's going to really be a problem. So, you know, if you're hitching your wagon to Brees Hall, good luck. You know, it's funny, Felix, I said, um, and I feel very good about this take even more so now knowing the class. I said, I think I would trade a 22 first. This was when, when Cam Akers got hurt for Cam Akers, just trade your 22 first for Cam Akers, because when Cam Akers is healthy or not, which we don't know, I understand that's a, that's a, a, a risk, but so isn't a draft pick. Anytime you execute a draft pick by pressing the button, you are by definition taking a risk because we have no idea if any of these guys are good for NFL purposes. And so I think I'd rather take a risk on uh, on Cam Akers than Spiller or Brees Hall or, or well, any of these other shit bags. I mean, in other words, that's the guy I think I'd rather risk that he's healthy rather than risk that any of these guys are e- either A, good, or B, better than Akers. You know what's funny is that I actually tried that trade like as soon as he went down. Like I tried to offer my 20 – in one of my main leagues, I tried to offer my 2022 first for Cam Akers and got, and got shot down. Listen, it's – I mean, I know it's an Achilles injury, but um, we just saw Marlon Mack come back from that injury. We've seen Richard Sherman come back from that injury. Uh, the co- college quarterback Tyson Pumachon, the back- backup for Clemson, he got that injury in the spring and, then, and is still the backup – uh, uh, for DJ Ungalele at, at at Clemson, so the medicine is always changing there. And if you're talking about risk, like would I rather have, you know, the one oh nine or or Cam or a chance at no, Cam Akers? Yeah, no doubt. You know, <laughs> so. I'm talking about I'm talking about outside of a super flex, the one point oh one. Like, give me Brees Hall or Cam Akers. I don't know, man. I think I want Cam Akers. You know, like yeah. At least I know, like, if he's healthy, he's going to be dope. Now, there's a chance he's not. I understand that's a risk, but I'll just take yeah. that risk. At least I know there's upside, you know, but I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. And I could be wrong on this one, but uh, it's at least close. And so anybody who was able to, you know, acquire Cam Akers for some amalgam of second round picks and shit like that is one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. Well, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. This is just, I mean, I thought you were going to cheer me up. You've been a complete drag this entire Downer show. Today. Yeah, yeah, man, what's up with this? Now, tell me it's going to get better when we move to wide receiver. I mean, just give me one dope wide receiver. Go ahead. I'll let you start. Who's the dope wide receiver? No, there are a couple. It's better at wide receiver. Um but I've, I, you know, it's kind of stuck in my head that we don't, we shouldn't use early dynasty capital on wide receivers. But you might have to with, might the, have with to. this draft. Yeah, you might have to with this draft class. Uh, Garrett Wilson at Ohio State. Traylon. Well, let's talk about Garrett Wilson at Ohio go State for first. It. Yeah, go for it. Um, at his combine, was it 2019, 2019. Yeah, 2019. When he coming out of high school, um, was one of the had one of the best spark scores 
at his position in the country. He ran a 4.61 uh, at the combine. Now, for those who aren't familiar with high school times, I mean, 4.61 is very fast. Saquon Barkley ran a 4.66. Justin Jefferson ran a 4.78. Um, so 4.61 is very good. So he's, he's starting with a very good baseline of athleticism, but he's absolutely a technician. Uh, at the position. He's someone who's going to create separation. And we just saw the NFL prioritize uh, separators as opposed to these contested catch type wide receivers. So um, Garrett Wilson is my, is my number one receiver in that class. He's my number two wide receiver overall in Debbie campus can. And then there's Traylon Burks at Arkansas. You know, you like big the monster. Yes. Yeah. See, that's see, Scott says he doesn't watch college football. He's always trying to play that game like he doesn't. He's not paying attention. That is absolute nonsense. He is absolutely watching his games. He knows what he's talking about. And I know and I know now not to underestimate him, but yeah, no, Tra- Traylon Burks is an absolute monster. I think he's well, 6'3, 225 pounds. But they have to order special order gloves for for Traylon Burks. Um he's gonna run, you know, a four-four-five. At 225 pounds, 6'3". Um, so I love me some some Traylon Burks. And we don't like Chris Alave because he's a senior and he's a little bit smaller. But, I, you know, what if he goes at the end of the first round to Kansas City or to, or to, uh, to L.A.? You know, th- people are going to love him then. People are going to yeah. love him then. So there, there's Chris yeah. Alave. Who else is in 2022? You know, you've got the contested catcher and Drake London out of USC out there by you. Um, I, I'm just, what, I'm not a. What, what about? Well, I got two guys that I that I'm kind of curious about. So first of all, Traylon Burks is the ceiling upside. You know, yeah. DK Metcalf, Calvin Johnson. You know, potential monster outside, just crush your face, crush your soul outside weapon. But he will have some some detractors given nuance and route running and things like that age old age old debate and but ultimately he's got that upside and and depending on where he gets drafted and if he can find a quarterback that can push it to the outside he'll be a value for sure so Garrett Wilson sounds like you know a a a Calvin Ridley type of player I was just gonna say Calvin Calvin Ridley yeah yep you know, a, a, a route technician who, you know, still has all the athleticism needed to to compete at that level. But the, the next guy I had a question about is David Bell. Um, w- tell me about David Bell and, and, and why I should be interested or not. You, you know, the last time I was on your show, you asked me about Tylen Wallace. And I was like, I don't really have a take on Tylen Wallace. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying I don't have a take on David Bell. It's just that David Bell reminds me of Tylen Wallace. It's like Uh-oh. this player who and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that like what is David Bell going to do at the combine and is he a, is he like a a catch radius player? A player that you throw it in their zip code and you know he can come down with the ball. But David Bell ain't he ain't 6'4, you know, 220 pounds. He's he might, he might be six foot six. And so in that respect, he reminds me of Tylen Wallace because that's what Tylen Wallace was, a six yeah. foot contested, contested catch player. So, um, and, and yes, when you look at, when you look at David Bell, you see how productive he's been. He's been, especially when Rondell Moore has not been there, he's been absolutely lighting, lighting up the scoreboard. If you're in a campus to Canton league wide receiver one and all of that. But I, you know, you don't see – there's not a lot of plays where David Bell is running away from people 
and and scoring touchdowns. It's like, oh, he made this terrific catch. And right. quite I'm I'm done being impressed by the contested catch. I'm just i I'm just I've just yes. had it with that type of player. So and the guy I want to know about is my former WR1 in this class. And actually there's another one who is my WR1 in last year's class. And I know who you I know you know who I'm talking about. But but the my former WR1, both these guys got hurt. And the WR1 that I had for 2022 was George Pickens. And my question is, is are we expecting him to return to school because of the injury? Or is he going to sort of come out and maybe fly under the radar a little bit as an injured player, maybe get drafted a little later, and Jax Falcone's going to have him in every single league that he's in? Is that What's going to happen? Well, George Pickens just got cleared for football activities, so um, he's going to start start running and doing all that stuff. Uh, I don't think he's going to fly under the radar. I, I think people know who George Pickens is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the answer <laughs> as to whether or not he's going to. He, I think he, I think he needs some time to develop. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went back for his senior season. Hmm. Um, if he, you know, doesn't doesn't really play this year. Um, do you want me to talk? You want me to talk a little bit about about George Pickens? Or I mean, look, man, I. You, or, or have I been too much of a? Too much of a Debbie Downer that this. Show. Oh shit! Are you gonna? Are you gonna? I, are, you, no, are you gonna no, poo poo no, no, no. my I'm George gonna, Pickens? If you're gonna poo poo him, I need to hear it because I need to be told what's up. Talk to me about George listen, Pickens. I I went on I went on uh, Debbie Kane and Shane's yeah. show and I just said I do not like the 2022 class and I just don't. Let, all right, so at wide receiver. The type of player that gets me excited is is someone on the Deontay Johnson spectrum. Like they don't necessarily have to be that athletic, but these are players that create separation. I mean, at the high end of that spectrum, I think you get a player like Calvin Ridley. Um, the players who who I'm not necessarily excited about are the players on that old Des Bryant spectrum. Sure, Des Bryant, you know. Bully, athletic dude, but late, late, late career Des Bryant. Late career Des Bryant was someone who couldn't separate, and which is why Dak Prescott didn't throw to him, which is why he's not in the NFL now. And my fear about George Pickens is that he's on that. I mean, he's absolute. I mean, he's an X wide receiver. You know, yeah, boundary player. That's what he is. Yep. And so oftentimes those players aren't separators. They're going to be players that you can throw the ball up to. But I was watching, you know, doing my research this summer, and I wanted to watch um, George Pickens up against, you know, the best competition he was faced, which is Alabama last year. They had a cornerback named by, by the name of Patrick Sertain. Yeah. Who, uh, who Never you heard of may him. have heard of. Never heard yeah, of. Yeah, who you all may, may have heard of. And Alabama was playing. First of all, you mentioned JT Daniels. JT Daniels did not play this game. It was Stetson Bennett that was playing. Terrible, terrible football name. Terrible football player. Yeah, uh, I can tell just by the name. (laughs) Listen, Felix, me and my me and my buddy CMFK were talking right, and it's like. You know, when you're looking at the waiver wire and you see like Jeff Smith, you're like passed by. When you see like Quez Watkins, you're like fucking ad <laughs> waiver claim, right? But right, like you that's know, right. That's Stetson right. Bennett pass. But you know, right. dude's got a name that's like right. Rocket Ship Moonbeam. You're like, boom, 
add him or, add this motherfucker. or jack or jackson dart jackson with an x yeah that's that sounds like a player um yeah who's, so the, anyway. who's the guy whoa, 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 whoa. who's the guy who just played this weekend had had wasn't that his name dart yeah jackson dart yeah that, yeah for usc a, that's why that's why i said that yeah. yeah dude that name was i mean that's just a great football name i mean i just want to draft him right now Jackson with an X. Yep. So you watch you watch George Pickens play against uh, Patrick Sertain in that in that Alabama game, and Alabama was playing man to man defense. I've got this guy, you've got that guy. Um, he did not have success against uh, separating against Patrick Sertain. He had a long touchdown that uh, or the actually that was Cincinnati, but. Um, Stetson Bennett started What a, what a loser. What a loser for getting the exact plays in every single game of the college football season. I don't even know why I have this guy <laughs> well, on. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking I, because I watched Alabama and I watched Cincinnati, and he had a long touchdown pass against Cincinnati where it was a cornerback, a cornerback blitz and the safety had to come over. Like you don't learn a lot about a wide no, receiver on right. a play where, where, right. where a cornerback is blitzing. Anyway, in that Alabama game, they started going away from George Pickens. They started going to Jermaine Burton, who was a true freshman that season, and started going that matchup against the the other cornerback. Um, so I, I was watching that Alabama game to pick up, you know, what were George Pickens' strengths against a player who was a first round NFL draft pick, and he didn't stand out. Like he didn't stand out. It ended up being. This this freshman wide receiver who stood out because Stetson Bennett started throwing to that player because he wasn't trusting either wasn't there were either they were shying away from Patrick Sertain or he wasn't trusting George Pickens to get open. So listen, I think I mentioned Brandon Lejeune's name earlier in this show. Brandon Lejeune is very high on George Pickens. He had an excellent true freshman season. I know right. that that the analytics guys are going to like him, but he's not the he's not the type of player. That the in the 2021 class, we just saw them take a five foot, 10, 170 pound receiver in the second round. The Rams did at 2 2 Atwell. Like they emphasize speed and athleticism. Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, 2 2 Atwell, like Rondell Moore. George Pickens is not one of those types of receivers. So, and, and he's not playing this year. I need to see. I need to see. I know that he has, he's got the contested catch bully ability, but show me like that you have a little bit of AJ Green to your game, where you can actually get away from cornerbacks and you're not just someone who's who's gonna yeah. gonna rely on your catch radius. Yeah, if you're gonna be out there, you're gonna have to be more dominant with you know the Julio Jones style, you know, speed where you can break away and create separation. Right. I mean Julio, I mean I know we're talking about a you know a, a a literal alien, but you know, but but just sort of showing the uh, the upper ends of that. I mean, but uh, you know, let's let's not uh give the Rams too much credit for drafting uh two two Atwell when Terrace Marshall was on the board. Now come on now. Yeah, Don't right. play don't right. play, don't right. play. But um, but seriously, you know. So okay, so not see, you got me all bummed out. You're right. You should have not mentioned uh, my man George Pickens. Um, so it sounds to me like I should just be punting all my 22 picks. Tell me, there's at least a tight end that I can get excited about in the 22 draft class. Is there a tight end at least I can get excited about? I'll just I'll just take a tight end. No. No. 
No, no. Listen, I don't. I don't want to say any more negative things. No, I don't. I want to be positive here. I want to be positive. (sighs) I just. I don't. Well, let's do this. I don't like. Let's do this. Let's be positive that we that we know that Zach Wilson threw four picks against my Patriots this weekend, and let's revisit these five quarterbacks real quick because we're going to get to see Justin Fields this week, who's going to be starting. My my concern. And it's the same concern you'd probably have for Zach Wilson, which is the offensive line is abject horseshit. And both these guys are going to be playing in the NFL against pressure that they've never even thought about seeing in in their life. And, you know, pr- uh, coverage that they never dreamed of seeing in the NFL. I mean, they're just seeing things they've never seen. And, I mean, Zach Wilson did not look good uh, in game two. I watched that game, obviously. I'm a Patriots fan, but I, I watched it again. And, you know, as a, as a quarterback, and as I'm sure if, from, from your perspective, you know, you see the field. Sometimes you're like, you know, it's an interception. You're like, I see what he, I see what he was doing there. He was trying to hit the – I didn't see what the fuck he was even thinking about on a few of these throws. Like, there was a couple of them where it was like the guy was just standing there planted with two feet and just caught it. Like, (laughs) like, seriously, that was like, I was like, what the fuck? Who was he throwing it to? So, I mean, there was a couple throws by Zach Wilson that were just indefensible. And he, I I can't imagine he's defending them. Like he's sitting there going, I I have no, I have no explanation for any of this shit. So he got absolutely roasted by that Patriots defense, which is good, but I don't know that they're that outstanding. And I don't know that his offensive line is that bad. I'm starting to get worried about Zach Wilson. They don't have – here's another one. They, they don't have a, a, a veteran coaching staff. You know, they have a rookie head coach. They have a, you know, a, a very inexperienced O coordinator. They have a no experienced backup quarterback, like not even a Joe Flacco type of guy where he can be like, yeah, man, don't do that shit. You know, nobody. Like he's – this is a bad recipe for a rookie season. I think it's going to go very badly, and they have no one to go to. They can't even be like, you know, just some backup that, that you know, the old Josh McCown type, or you can be like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick type, you know, all, all these years, you know, get in there and soak up some, some games and let this kid, you know, sit down for a minute. They don't have it. So he's going to have to be trial by fire. I'm very worried about Zach Wilson. I don't quite remember where you had him. I had him f- fifth. Uh, not feeling good. Not fe- oh oh. Adam, second. I was on the Zach Wilson train uh, very early on. How are you and, feeling? Um, I feel fine actually because okay. this is a trial. This is a trial by fire. No and doubt. Zach Wilson was one of the best protected quarterbacks in the country last year, Correct. save for their game against um, Coastal Carolina, where he was absolutely roughhoused by uh, I can't even remember that defensive end's name, but I mean he got hit so much in that game and. Um, nearly pull I mean he was I think they had 30 seconds left and he got the ball at the 90 at the at the one yard line and and became within one yard of of winning that game a la that Titans Rams Super Bowl that's how that game ended um I think that Zach Wilson is a Zach Wilson is like mobile Jay Cutler okay so yep he's gonna have these four interception games but I if they can get him protected to continue to build around him, I like players that he's an aggressive down the field passer. He has yep. been since he, he he was a true since he was a true freshman. Is unseated a two year incumbent starter at BYU. Um, so no, I still I still like I still like Zach Wilson. I you know 
the fact that he had a game like this is not surprising to me when some of the touchdowns that he threw at BYU last season, he had no business making those some of the, those throws. You're talking about like, you know, J.T. Uh, O'Sullivan has great tape on Zach Wilson and him throwing the ball where cornerbacks should have just intercepted it and he just they didn't and it caught it for a touchdown. Here, so it doesn't surprise me, the but problem, I, I like his style. I still like the player. Here's the here's the problem, Felix. He played against the best defense was Coastal Carolina. He didn't have NFL type cornerbacks. I think he's look. I think he's got the physical gifts. I've said this. Like his mm-hmm. arm is really electric. He can make throws. Where like man, he got that ball there. I mean, he he throws to the outside with velocity. So if he were to be able to process the information, make throws on time, it, I, I believe that he can make more types of throws than most uh, quarterback prospects. But I'm concerned with the infrastructure. I'm concerned with the support. I'm concerned with the weapons. I'm concerned with the offensive line. I'm also concerned with the pedigree, the fact that he did go to BYU, did play a poor you know, schedule and had the best protection in the in the uh, in the NCAA. You know, I think his offensive line was rated as like one of the best. I mean, I you know, I've heard all the stats. I'm not sure what they you know, but right, he had great protection. Um, he had pretty good weapons. I mean, nothing crazy. I mean, it's not like he was bailed out by weapons necessarily. I won't I won't say that much. But I, I guess what I'm saying is the the controlled environment of the NCAA, and this has happened at elite programs too. We talk about the the big 12 quarterbacks, you know, who have these environments that are really pro, you know, quarterback. And then all of a sudden they come to the, right. So we've seen this before. I'm not saying this is only a Zach Wilson thing, but it is a a, a Zach Wilson thing in this case. It makes me concerned. Um, I'm not saying he'll fail. I'm saying a lot of things have to get better before he will succeed. It's, it sounds like if you like Zach Wilson, he's a buy low right now. Sure. I'm absolutely, I'm I'm absolutely going against the grain here. Matt Waldman, who I have a ton of respect for in the RSP, wrote a scathing, scathing review of Zach Wilson. I believe he said he wouldn't even take him in the third round of the NFL draft. I love my boy. He said I would not take like any pick on on Zach Wilson. But you know how I feel. You know how I feel. For, for the listeners at home, that is how I feel about Zach my man, my man Felix. Just brought up a framed autographed jersey of Zach Wilson is number one, the the big number one from BYU. The big number one from BYU who took a number two in New York this past weekend. Beautiful. That that's a that's a gift from uh, my co-host Matt Bruning, who, you know, since I was I was early on Zach Wilson, he 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 sent that he sent this this Zach Wilson jersey to me. It's 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 I, I, I love it, man. It's one of the well, I'm a, things I'm a, I, I cherish the most around here. I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm predisposed to hate all Jets, which of course I do. Um, I, you know, I don't have very many shares of Zach Wilson. I sort of faded him preseason. I got a lot of reasons to not want him to succeed, but the fact that my man Felix Sharp loves him now, I hope he's the greatest of all time because I love you. Listen, I respect you. I respect. I respect Matt Waldman. It's a lot of people who don't like Zach out there, but well, I'm still I just I'm have questions. Up for I just have questions, right? So you know, we, my look, my my friend and partner at the Undroppables, uh, Mark Mathic, who is you know an eccentric type, 
loves Zach Wilson and was pulling all the receipts from Chris Sims to Tony Romo to all these draft Knicks who really like him a lot. He was making, you know, he has a whole offseason devoted to, you know, uh, positive uh, reports about Zach Wilson. I saw Chris Sims had him as his QB one, number one, you know, Mm -hmm. QB one. And I understand this, right? So I understand it because if I scout Zach Wilson, what you see is throws being made that only a certain really high level crust of, of, of quarterbacks who've ever walked the planet can throw. I see that, but that ain't all it is, man. Because if that were all it was, Tom Brady wouldn't have a career. They're just, it wouldn't even be, but that's not what made Tom Brady great. What was it? Throwing on time, anticipation, making, you know, dump off pass. There was a, first of all, there was a number of opportunities I thought for Zach Wilson to take the found money, you know, and, and I was taught that mm-hmm. as a quarterback, you just take what they give you. They're going to give you the running back in the flat for four yards. Just take it, take it, take it, make them move up, make them feel it. You know, there's a certain rhythm to a game where you have to play now. He's a rookie, second game, no offensive line. All these things can be learned. And his you can't teach what he's got attached to his shoulder. That you can't teach. So I understand it from that perspective. You know what's funny is that Jake Hayner is like the anti-Zach Wilson. <laughs> the exact like he's gonna do things on time. He's going to find the check down. He's like the the exact opposite player. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, but I don't Jake. want that either. I want them both, right? You need you need some of both. I mean, really, you do because that NFL that NFL man. You know, I always joke around with like these running backs who run like a four seven five. Like if you saw a two hundred and ten pound dude run a four seven five, you'd be like, holy shit, that guy is the fastest person I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't catch him with a bullet, and like you know, but in the NFL. DNs at 280 are catching his ass. That's just the way it yeah. is. Like, you know, there's such a there's such a high level of what's expected <laughs> in the NFL. And it's the same thing at the quarterback position. You can't just get a get by on guile alone. It's gonna eat you yeah. up. They're gonna catch up to you. And you also, Jeff George, Jay Cutler, you can't get by on just arm talent alone either. Yeah. Nope. I I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Jay Kaner, by the way, I think he's averaging 10.4 yards per attempt. Let's go, season, baby. So. Come on. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I, I'm in. I'm ready. What's he, 25 years old? He's old. He's old. He's old. <laughs> he's old. He's, I'm uh, ready for- he's Brand- Brandon Whedon. He's Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Old, so. But is he 200 pounds, though? That's a good question. He's 6'1". I don't know if he's 200 pounds. <laughs> So I got maybe, I got to bet on a twenty four year old small school kid who ain't got a good arm who hits it on time at six one one ninety. Yo, listen, you don't listen. What you need to do is trade these twenty twenty two picks for twenty twenty three picks. That's that's what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so Justin Fields was my quarterback too. Uh, I I feel like he's got the pedigree. He's got the the. I think he's got the arm talent for sure as well. Uh, we'll see if he has any of these anticipatory uh, qualities and thrown on time. It doesn't look like it in game one, but he also has a complete garbage train uh, at offensive line, turnstiles all over the place. I think he has like one good, uh, somewhere above average uh, offensive lineman on the entire squad. I mean, you know, uh, Andy Dalton's already hurt. Like it's not good. It does not look good. I was looking at their stats, man. They they got nobody with like more than ten yards per catch. Like it is ugly in Chicago. All that being said, they're going to try and put his ass in there and see what he can do. And I, I'm not very hopeful early on. 
Well, I mean, Justin Fields has one thing that Zach Wilson doesn't, and that's four four five speed <laughs> yeah. at two hundred and twenty pounds or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Uh, and Z- Justin Fields was not allowed to run during their playoff during their season. Um, Ryan Day didn't let him run. He didn't want him to get injured. Right. We're gonna see just how athletic Justin Fields yep. is as a pro that we didn't see. Uh, as as a, an NCAA a college quarterback, um, he, you know he's absolutely one of the best athletes uh, at the position in the NFL. And um, I, you know, I might end up being wrong. I, I'm cheering for the kid. I mean, you're yeah. talking about somebody who was at Georgia and then became like a captain as a tr- as a transfer uh, to a new team. That's just just imagine like if you went to a new company, yeah, and, and they were like, "This is like, the best would, guy ever." Would, yeah, would would people automatically vote for you to be the the CEO of 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 that company? So um, no, I love I love Justin Fields the same way where uh, we saw the best version of Josh Allen in the NFL. Kind of, we saw him yeah. unleashed. I think we're going to see that with Justin Fields because he's going to be able to run the ball. They might even emphasize him it's running possible. the ball to, you know, for the, the Bears might just to, you know, speed up games. And I, I just think that the ceiling is there with his athleticism. I mean, you know, and and he was he was playing a very tough schedule, a very mm-hmm. tough schedule. Uh, you know that, uh, you know, being a college football fan, that that schedule that he played his, uh, his last season in Ohio State was not an easy schedule and he was able to put up big numbers. So I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, I'd asked you, um, I think on Twitter and I'd asked Ray Garvin as well early on in the process. I was like, am I crazy for thinking that Mac Jones is might be better than Tua Tagovailoa? And I think you and both, he were like, no, it's not crazy at all. Um, because I didn't, I, you know, I don't I'll, I'll give I'll give Ray credit for that because I wasn't I wasn't that big of a, a Mac Jones fan. Um, I know Ray, Ray was, and I'm also big man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he just seems like he's the guy. I mean, you know, right now I, I said he was going to be efficient, not prolific, and so mm-hmm. far that's exactly what he is. Like he's kind of what's the guy with the six one, uh, one hundred ninety pound? He's that J- guy. J.K. J.K. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, playing like uh-huh. that, you know, he's just making the throw, but honestly, that's what they need, right? They got a, they got a mauling offensive line. <laughs> you love it. You love it. Scott, 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 Scott is like, get, get out of here with this JK or nonsense. Mac, like, Mac like, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this fifth year senior. <laughs> six, one, 190 pounds. I'm not, I'm not buying this for a second. Get out of here. Get out of here with that nonsense. But like, I mean, Mac's been playing great. And then it comes down to like, so Mac Jones, great. You know, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he he showed me all the good and all the bad all at once, and I think that's another dysfunctional franchise. So I mean, you know, you've got Chicago, the Jets, and the in Jacksonville. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be hard for those guys to succeed there. We've seen stuff like this before. You know, the David Carr experience, the Josh Rosen experience. We've seen Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam mm-hmm. Darnold. We t- want to talk about a guy who you know the Adam Gaze factor in full motherfucking effect is Sam Darnold now, whose numbers are up across the board. Unbelievable. So we've seen bad systems make 
who knows what kind of quarterbacks. Maybe they were good, maybe they weren't, but we've seen them kill quarterbacks. And you know, I'm I'm a little nervous for all three of these guys, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence, not for talent reasons, but because of their surroundings. Uh it better change quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm really not worried because I think we're so used to more recently uh rookies coming in and kind of producing right away it did not used to be that way no <laughs> i mean it used to be there was there were struggles and you had to wait until year, year three that's why we in detroit we held on to joey harrington for so long we were waiting for him to to yeah. actually pop there's so, another one I, yeah yeah, <laughs> joey yeah so i like i'm fine with trevor lawrence i'm um you know i think that Justin Fields will be fine. He Justin Justin Fields might just be able to rise above any situation. To be honest with you, um, but and Mac Jones is in a is in a good organization. I I I mean, it's only been two games. You know, it's only been it's only been two games. Let's let's get let's get through at least you know let's get through four or five games before we start. We start writing them off, and, and if you believe in those guys, it might be a good time to go to go buy low. Speaking of two game sample size, I've got my hottest take, and it's not even that hot because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it, and then you can tell me what you want to do with it. Okay, you, I'm right. just gonna give it to y'all right now. Everybody, lean in. Come on in. Come on close now, all listeners. Let's let's huddle up here. Josh Allen. All right. I'm just going to read it. Ready? Completion percentage in 2018 and 2019 was 56.3. In 2020, it was 69. Nice. 56 to 69. Guess what it is in 21? 56. 56. Touchdown percentage in 18 and 19, 3.7%. In 20, it was 6.5. You know what it is in 21? 3.6. His yards per attempt, same thing. QBR, ready? His QBR in 18 and 19, 49.6. His QBR last year, 81.7. You know what it is this year? 44.7. We're just seeing a little bit of regression. And here's the thing. It could all just be a two-game sample size. But all I'm saying is we had two seasons of one, one season of the other. I was just a little bit concerned what we would see from Josh Allen, whether he would regress or stay right where he's at as the most elite thrower of the football downfield we've ever seen in this league. Turns out he might be a little bit closer to what we saw in 18 and 19, which is why when we were talking about the QB 2 and 3 in Dynasty, it is not close for me with Kyler. Josh Allen maybe even, I think I've got him behind some of the others. I, I would definitely take Dak Prescott ahead of him probably Lamar Jackson as well. Um, what are your thoughts about this blasphemy of Josh Allen? Well, I like wide receivers who can separate. I like running backs who are big, and I like quarterbacks who can complete passes. So um, I just, you know, Josh Allen is on that Cam Newton spectrum where, yes. uh, yep, he's a, he's a great runner, but they had to kind of assist him in the passing game, getting by big wide receivers and, surrounding at least surrounding cam newton with that type of player um you know i don't know i josh allen wasn't accurate in college you know and he wasn't accurate his first season um and he was you know he was accurate he was he was better last year when they added 
uh, Stefan Diggs. Diggs. They got Emmanuel S- Sanders there now. You yeah. know, I thought that that would that would help a little bit with with Buffalo. Um, it's kind of like what's your flavor? Like, it, what's your what's your flavor at the at the quarterback position? I don't have Josh Allen anywhere. I don't. I don't like. He was one of those players before last season. Like, if if he ended up on my team via some trade or something like that, like I immediately immediately jettisoned him from my <laughs> right. team. By the way, I I need to say that for you having not prepared, that's some pretty astute numbers on that 2018, 20, all that stuff. That was that's pretty. Look, that's man, pretty, I, uh, that's some pretty I, good information. It's just I look at every team. I've got a little bit of a take on every team and looking for. And with Buffalo, it's just like I don't know, man. I, I you know. I'm not saying it's 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 going to be a it's going to be bad for Josh Allen. He's going to flame out of the league. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying like I think he's you know we had concerns about his accuracy, and then mm-hmm. in one year he like fixes it. And we're like all right, solved, done. He's the best in the world. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm right. not saying he isn't. Like do it again. Like let's see it. But so far in two games, we haven't seen 2020 Josh Allen. We just haven't have not seen it. Will we see it next week? Probably. I don't know. Fucking maybe he's going to be perfect the rest of I have I'm not here to say Josh Allen sucks. Go fuck that guy. I'm just saying here's what we're seeing. Until it changes, that's what we've got. So hey, who knows? You know, but but I'm a little bit concerned. If I had Josh Allen, I'd be selling high because most people do see him as like the QB two. So if I could flip Josh Allen and even if I had to give up a little bit, like a second, and get myself Kyler Murray, fuck it. Absolutely. I'll oh, do yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like if I can switch, you know, uh, Josh Allen into, you know, um, Justin Herbert and like plus some stuff. Sure. Why not? Give it to me. I I mean, I'm not concerned that Justin Herbert's going to be a bad quarterback in five years. Not that I'm concerned about Josh Allen either, but he's a little bit more fragile in that Cam Newton. Look, he's Cam Newton in a lot of ways. I mean, he's a better Mm -hmm. thrower of the football. He's got a fucking rocket attached to his shoulder. Cam Mm -hmm. never really had that. Um, He didn't have that big arm, but no, Cam was Cam was an MVP. Let's not sell him short. Um, but he is a lot like Cam Newton in that you know his body and his 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 ability to run the football takes him a lot of places, no doubt. Yeah, and I think you know that's that's the risky thing about getting rid of him is he he, he could have some of those explosive games just by oh, virtue absolutely. of being the the goal line the goal line running back oh. um, as big as he is and as strong as he yeah. is. And, and they throw yeah. it like fifty times a game. So I mean. All of the peripherals are on his side in terms of fantasy success, which is why I don't correlate them necessarily. Like, I'm not saying, oh, expect an off year from it's kind of like even Lamar Jackson last year. Like, he had one of his, I mean, he was awful last year and was still like, you know, top six, eight quarterback in the league. I mean, you know, for fantasy, he was great. Speaking of Lamar, let me, I, I got to go there real quick. Um, you know, Baltimore looked like the team that was going to be the, uh, the, um, you know, the, the snake bitten team of the, uh, of the season, mm-hmm. like Dobbins, Gus Edwards, the cornerback. I mean, everybody just getting hurt. Bateman, you know I mean? Come on. It was just one after the next and they couldn't stay healthy. And then they go out and beat the chiefs. Like that mm-hmm. was amazing. Lamar looks great. I mean, I think they found their identity again, Lamar Jackson and the, and the Baltimore Ravens. Was that just sort of a blip or are they kind of back into the elite uh, of the AFC? Ooh. Right, that's that's a good. I mean, I I, I don't want to give you dead air, but that's a good question. Thank you. Take I the dead air. Know, He'll fucking fix it. I don't give yeah, a shit. I, I <laughs> no, I I I know that um, Lamar Jackson de- definitely elevates 
the the players around him. He he absolutely does that. And you heard them say during that that, that during that game that um, Lamar Jackson would just have practices where he didn't scramble at all, like he's in, working on his craft, and uh, he didn't you know work, wouldn't scramble, just throw from the pocket, throw from the pocket. Uh, and we were he looked he looks different, right? As a passer, he looks different. So if you had you know Marquise Brown and and uh, and, and and you waited on him, and if you waited on. Uh, well, Mark Andrews was already good, and they and they haven't even incorporated Rashad Bateman yet. Um, are they still elite in the AFC? I mean, you've got Kansas City, you've New got England. Cleveland, New England, New England, New England. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm only, I'm only having fun, baby. Let's but go. No, on. I mean they're right there. They're they in the right top there. three. They're top three in the our top four. Um, and it's because of him. It's because they can they can lose all th- their their depth chart at running back and still be yeah. you know a relevant team rushing because of Lamar Jackson. Yes, yeah, he is the he's everything. I mean, you know, Ty, by the way, I looked at I looked at uh, Baltimore. Um, Tyson Williams has like uh, six point four yards a, a carry and per carry. Lamar, oh my goodness! Yeah, and um, uh, what the fuck? Uh, Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray is like 3.2. It's like half. It's like, I mean, everybody, you know, every single season, um, Gus Edwards was over five yards of carry. Every single season yeah. uh, that he had Lamar, Mark, Mark Ingram was over five yards of carry. Dobbins was six yards of carry. This Tyson Williams is 6.4. Latavius, we know now why he got cut. He's 3.2 in the offense where literally – I could get four yards of carry, and I don't know how the hell this kid's getting three point two. I mean, he must be cooked. I mean, he—I know he's a good, solid pro, but man, oh man, they're desperate. I mean, even Devontae Freeman looked pretty explosive in that offense. Latavius Murray, pour one out. Yeah, um, I, I, I pour one out for Gus Edwards, who I had yeah. rostered in a couple of places, and I just thought, oh, J.K. Dobbins is down. I'm going to ride. Gus Edwards to a He was going to be huge, absolutely. It's, it's such a br- brutal, brutal sport. Such yeah. a brutal sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know we've been going so long, and, and the listeners, I'm telling you, I get the craziest listeners in the world. You know that one of them is actually you sometimes, so I know you, you know what's up. People just want us to keep going, but we got to call it, man. It's like it's like 4 in the morning, East Coast time. You've got to be up and go to work tomorrow. I mean, you got a busy day tomorrow. You told me everything that's going yeah. on. we got to end, but we're going to end on your team. Your favorite team, the Detroit Lions. I would I was thinking they were kneecap biters. I thought they were going to be ankle biters, but it turns out they're ripping people's hearts, man. This is a, a true killer team. If, man. If, if if kneecaps were wins, how many kneecaps would the Lions bite this year? Huh? I <laughs> three. mean Yeah, <laughs> three kneecaps. Listen, but here's they the thing. Hurt. Everybody's knees would be safe. That's what I'm telling yeah, you. Everyone's knees would be just fine. Just fine. So, uh, Look, they're going to have a hard time on defense still, but I have an apology to make. And no, it's not to Michael P. Duncan, although he's sort of shrouded in this apology as well. It's to Jared Goff, who – I mean, I think I did my projections, and at one point, like I had him under 3,000 yards passing, and I had to fix it. I mean, I thought this was going to be a train wreck of epic proportions on the offensive side of the football. I do know they have a great offensive line, so I thought maybe that would help them. But, man, they've been pretty good. Here's the thing. It's all running back and tight end targets, but they're converting. They're moving the football. They've been able to run the football a little bit, and Jared Goff has been pretty effective as a Detroit fan. I mean, are you happy he's playing well, or are you hoping he 
you know, crash out so you get a number one pick. Maybe just wait till next year when there's actually good players in the draft. Am I happy? I mean, we lost nine. I lost Matthew Stafford, who's yeah. the best player in the franchise's history. Best player. Uh, well, in my t- oh, I have, I, I'm sorry. Best there's Barry and there's Calvin, but best definitely the best quarterback that yeah. I, that I've seen. I, mean, I misspoke because it is uh, it is five thirty in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it's my, getting later. So um, it's I'm a, I'm a, I'm about after, I'm going to finish this and get dressed for work. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so uh, am I happy? I think that no, no, I'm not happy because I don't think that this team. I don't. I didn't want Dan Campbell to be the coach. I, I absolutely wanted Eric Bieniemy. I don't know that they even interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Maybe Eric Bieniemy didn't even want to interview with the Detroit Lions. Right. They offered Matt Campbell, the Iowa State head coach, sixty-eight million dollars. He said no. That's this is reported in the, in the Detroit Free Press. I, you t- you talked about the Jets having f- uh, first time uh, first time head coach. They've got Dan Campbell, who's never been even been a coordinator. They've got uh, Aaron Glenn, who I don't, th- who's the defensive coordinator. I don't believe yeah. he's been a coordinator. No. And then Anthony Lynn, boring yeah. old Anthony Jesus. Lynn, is their offensive coordinator. I was, you know, I no, I you your question was about Jared Goff. I mean, it's um, crazy. The dude's at like sixteen. He's, he's like, playing. He's playing out outstanding. I mean, he's, he's got five well. touchdowns, two picks. He's almost seventy percent completion percentage. I'm yeah. just surprised. I mean, you know, Me too. I, you know, look, they're not they're not that good. It's a lot of garbage time, but but still, I mean, look, you got to give him some credit. It's a little bit of dink and dunk, but he's done the right things in terms of dinking and dunking. He doesn't have wide receivers. How this has been successful is beyond me. I feel like you just dare him to throw these wideouts on the outside. Like, Well, he, you know, he gets a lot of time. I mean, you look at his pockets. I mean, they, they've spent yeah. a lot of money on that offensive line, a lot of money on a, on that offensive line. Yes. And he's getting and – and Taylor, and Taylor Decker is like hurt right now, and they're still, they're, they're still doing, doing well. Um, so, you know, the, I, I don't know that – whatever is going to make Detroit a playoff team or a playoff um, winning team. I don't know that that's there uh, in the house right now. They only right. have one unit. That's a, that's a good unit. And that's, that's the offensive line. Uh, yep. Jared running, Goff is playing running backs, fine, but running backs. And, yeah. And running backs and, and, and running backs, but the receivers need work. The defensive line need work, needs yeah. work. The they're, defense they're is secondary. a problem for sure. Yeah. We j- I mean, we just – I don't even – I think Jeffrey Okuda might be end up being a bust. Maybe not. I mean, he's, he just – he went out for, for the season. Yeah, he's out for the um, season now too, which is not going to help. No. Yeah. I, it was a bad time during the Matt Patricia and uh, Bob Quinn years, and they didn't leave – they didn't leave a lot. They didn't leave a whole lot in the cupboard. Um, Detroit is going to have a top five to seven draft pick, and you know what? They're going to end up taking a quarterback, and I just don't know that it's going to be one that I want. Like right. they picked the they picked the bad year <laughs> yeah, to have to be bad, the number right. one overall. Yeah, to be yeah. bad. So yeah, no, that's going to be a problem potentially. I mean, unless Sam Howell is, you know, maybe he's the guy. You know, I mean, it's possible if but- he could just. If Sam Howell could go from that, you know, that blue, what do they call it? What are they? I'm, I can't even think anymore. What are no, they the call baby it? blue North for Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know baby, what you're talking yeah, about. The North yeah. Carolina blue to the Carolina Honolulu blue. blue and silver. Yeah, Carolina blue to the Honolulu blue and silver. I think that I would really, I would really like that. 
yeah. that would make me that would make me feel good. Like we have a future for the for the next ten years or so. Yeah. But when you lose nine, man, we lost nine. Nine was nine was nine was my guy. Yeah, I mean, and and unbelievable their their target distribution. I mean, you know, twenty targets for T.J. Hawkinson. You're, you were right on the money, Mister uh, Mister Duncan. You're welcome. Sorry, you were right. And then, um, you know, uh, sixteen and twelve to DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I mean, I can't even count that high. That's like seventy eight thousand targets. You know, to the running backs and the tight ends. I think that's the right number. I'll, I'll have the math guys check that out. But that's a whole shitload in two games. You know, eight targets a game for DeAndre Swift, ten a game for Hawkinson, six a game for Jamal Williams. I did not see that much volume going to them. I mean, we did think it was all going to go to them. I just didn't think they'd be able to convert as much as they have. And whether, again, whether it's garbage time, I mean, I guess their defense just lets them score so quick. That offense gets a lot of chances. And Jared Goff so far doing a great job. I mean, you got to figure the, the 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 defensive game plans are going to catch up to this, you know, tight end running back target share situation, but, and, and make them throw it to, you know, Khalif Raymond and Cephas and Trinity Benson and whoever else, you know, but hey, this team might be a little bit better offensively than I gave them credit for, and there there's probably going to be a DeAndre Swift win. You know, in other words, he was probably the exact right pick. Uh, you know, in that third round of redraft, and you know, I know you took him very early in the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational, uh, which is a, a Sharks league, and he's paying he's returning value for you, and he's going to be a great player going forward. So, congratulations there. He is, he is. I like. I almost, I didn't go zero quarterback, but that's a super flex league with fourteen teams. I only took one quarterback early. That was Justin Fields, but kind of built around wide receiver and and running back. So I'm 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 happy with that. It's such um, a brutal league, man. Yeah, but uh, as far as checking down, I mean, Kyle Mikey, Grand Valley State University product, writes for the Detroit. Oh, M Live. Excuse me, writes for M Live. Covers a lot. Beat reporter for the Lions. I mean. He reported the, the entire training camp. Every that that's what Jared Goff was doing. <laughs> he was right, throwing, he was checking down to the tight ends or to, to running backs. I mean, and it makes sense because they don't have you know they got Quintez Cephas and Tyrell Williams and you know Khalif Raymond as you said outside. I yeah, I would much rather uh, throw to T.J. Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, and and DeAndre Swift if I had those options to choose from. They're doing it. We ended on we ended on uh, the Detroit Lions. Your Detroit Lions. They will rise again. They will get off the ground. Stop biting. Like, what do you mean again? Deep. We've never risen before. What are you talking again? No, we've never risen before. It's been they over ten thousand days since we won a playoff game. That was in nineteen ninety one or three. We, man, dude, we haven't risen. We've never risen. Felix isn't counting or anything. Well. 10,000 days. Poor son of a bitch. I mean, you and like, you know, um, Minnesota Vikings fans. I mean, do you guys just go out to dinner together and like cry in each other's soup? Listen, people try to compare themselves to the Detroit Lions. No one has had our futility. Minnesota had that 1998 team with Randall Cunningham and Randy Moss. They went 15 and one. They should have went to the soup. They should have went. They should have gone to the Super Bowl. They had that Favre team. Yeah, they had that far team, team that should have that should have beat the the Saints and gone to the Super Bowl. You're right, I have Lions. never had that. The yeah. best I've had is 2011 Detroit Lions that loses to the 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 Cowboys after being up 21-3 at at half. I mean, I've Ugh. never I've never experienced the joy that like the Vikings fans or it's a good uh, point uh, or the or, yeah. So it's a good point. No, 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 right. no one. You- 
listen, I'm turning it all around. The the the, the Lions are now my favorite NFC team. I'm going to see what it feels like to cheer for these awful sons of bitches. They're 0-2. Let's go, let's go Detroit Lions. And on, on that note, we will say thank you to Felix Sharp. Tell everybody where they can find you because on the intro, I didn't, I didn't tell them uh, where they can find you on Twitter. But you do Campus to Canton, as we talked about. You, you're like my brother. So just tell them where, where you're at yeah. so I don't fuck it up. Yeah, CampusToCanton.com is the website. You can find me on Twitter at Sharp Review Podcast. Um, Campus to Canton, you can put that in your podcast feed and all of our shows, all of the Campus to Canton shows are there. Um, my show, The Debbie Debate, is released every Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, but check out all of the Campus to Canton shows. Uh, Campus Life, Canton Bound, Why Wait Till Sunday, Debbie Debate, Fantasy Roundtable. We're, we're making a lot of content, not as much content as uh, the Undroppables are, but we're trying to be we're trying to be like the undroppables as far as our brand building. Well, you guys have done it right, man, because you've gone after that 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 spot, that that college to to pro and and you know, I got to say a big thank you cuz you were very helpful to our very own Kyle Larson, who's a pretty talented uh young man in his own right, who's a college uh football aficionado. He's sort of, you know, your your brother in terms of what you guys uh you know look at and in terms of campus of Canton looks at you know if you guys have never played in a campus of Canton league it's pretty dope uh you know we we threw our very own Michael P Duncan into a campus of Canton league didn't know nothing about it he's getting smoked but actually he's doing okay but basically it just means you have a uh, you have a college team and a pro team and your college team becomes your pro team that's it you just draft them that's as right. college players and it's really interesting because you have two leagues going simultaneously you have to kind of draft players that are good fantasy performers in college, but also players that are going to be good pros in pro because that's where you get them from your college team. Pretty brilliant. Very, very interesting and and a lot of fun. And these guys are, you know, just talking about that and giving you the information there. But even if you're not going to play in that format, the information they're bringing you is, is sharing with you the, the, the prospects in these 22 and 23, 24 classes so you can get a head start on your league mates and trade out of these 22 picks well before your your that's it's really important yeah. it's really important because i was trading out of 2022 picks um i mean la- last year and i was trading for 20 people have caught on to 2023 being a good class no doubt but if if you could have caught on to that last year last off season that oh b john robinson is a oh. beast oh Let's J- go. Jameer baby. Gibbs is a beast. Oh, yes. Tim Bigsby is a beast. Oh, Kayshawn Boutte is doing what? He's you know, yes. Michael Michael Mayer. I mean, my, the tight end Michael Mayer. Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. It is important, even if you're playing in dynasty, to understand the value of subsequent classes, so that you could be doing your you know acquisitions and letting go of picks as early as possible, as early as possible. Right. Knowing what's coming is is huge. It's why I was able to target the 2020 class and and able to yeah. get all the JT, Akers, Swift, Dobbins. And yeah. it was because it was very clear. Matter of fact, Najee, ETN, and uh, Chuba Hubbard were supposed to be in that class too. So that class should have been even better than it was. And it's still one of the best running back classes of all time. Uh, poor one out for some injuries, but what are you going to do? That being said, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I you know, I, I can't thank you enough. You're the best. So on behalf of everybody at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody at the Undrafted, on behalf of the man who really earned his money tonight, Michael P. Duncan, on behalf of Felix Sharp, I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Of here.